One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome back to Anti-Diet Bride. My name is Tally Rye and this is the podcast that wants you to feel comfortable in your body and confident in who you are throughout the roller coaster that is the wedding planning process. Today we're doing something a bit different, well for this month's episode, we're chatting to a former client of mine called Julia and Julia has simultaneously been unpacking her relationship with food and movement whilst also getting engaged, planning a wedding and most recently getting married. And we were having a conversation recently in one of our sessions and she was telling me about all these benefits and just how making the mindset shift around ditching diet culture and you know, working on her body image and her relationship with food and her relationship with movement has so positively impacted her as a bride-to-be and now as a wife, (laughs) Um, now she's married. And so I thought we've got to bring that to the podcast. I think it's so inspiring when you really hear people who have really gone through it. And this is a really like fresh experience for her from you know the last year or so so I was so excited when she agreed to come and chat with us so before we get into this month's chat with Julia I wanted to ask you do you have a wedding story that you want to tell maybe you're a bride-to-be maybe you're a bridesmaid maybe you have some crazy diet experience or maybe you've had a really positive experience recently or maybe a bad one I don't know we want to hear from you we want to hear your stories about how you're navigating this process and we want to share them we want to share the listener stories on the podcast so if you would like to tell a wedding story that you have on the anti-diet bride podcast get in touch with us via our whatsapp you can message us just say anti-diet bride and message 075-999-27537 or you can message us on our instagram which is at anti-diet bride and we'll chat with you and hear your story and then maybe we can set up a call where we can chat and you can tell me your story and I would love to hear it I think it would be so fun to to share more of your experiences okay well enough from me let's hear from a recent bride a listener and a wonderful person Julia Well, Julia, I'm so excited we're officially recording this conversation because you and I have had the chance to work together this year. And through that time, you have been in your wedding prep, you recently got married, and you shared something with me that I just felt like the anti-diet bride listeners needed to hear. So 
Thank you so much for doing this. I know this isn't your usual thing and I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Let's just get into your story of getting engaged and how you felt getting engaged. Yeah. So Chris and I got engaged February of last year, 2022. And my initial thoughts around engagement were obviously excitement, but all also like a lot of nervousness around the entire affair of planning a wedding. I've been a maid of honor now twice. And so I feel like I got a really good background view into how many moving pieces there are to planning a wedding. And I just felt like I wanted to be prepared to have all the mental space to be able to plan a wedding peacefully. That was my goal have a peaceful wedding, not even the most beautiful wedding or elaborate wedding, just a peaceful, special wedding. And you got that at the end. I did. (laughs) Fast forward. But how was that process? I know. So in February, 2022, my understanding of the timeline is that that was still a time you were kind of in diet culture, maybe starting to question things. Did you have thoughts and pressure around body image and feeling like you wanted a peaceful day, but did you feel this pressure to look the best you possibly could on your wedding day. Yeah. So for context, last February, I'd just come off of, and trigger warning for anyone who's ever done an elimination diet, I'd just come off of an elimination diet in January because I had a history of eczema flare-ups. And it was recommended to me to go through an um, elimination diet. And that process was so painful and uncomfortable, like physically, because I cut out most of my cultural foods. I was really limited in kind of the things that I could do socially with folks um, because that was a really strict elimination diet. And so for me in February, I kind of come to terms with the fact that dieting wasn't working. And I had been introduced by a friend to the intuitive eating anti-dieting movement and also to your podcasts and your books and everything. And it made me realize that I needed to take a step towards intuitive eating and a step away from diet culture. And that's what I did. I started researching um, anti-dieting resources, intuitive eating resources, and made up my mind that as much time and energy and money as I'd spent on dieting and excessive exercise, I was going to spend on healing my relationship with food because I'd come to the really strong realization that food was not a way that I was going to heal my body, contrary to what I'd heard from wellness culture. And so I just really prioritized reclaiming my peace with my body and trying to enjoy food again. So that's kind of the mindset that I was in in February was I I have some healing to do. I've, I've tried the most extreme version of diet culture that I'd been a part of. And I really wanted, I just wanted out. And your engagement has really coincided with that healing process. I mean, you've done so much work on your relationship with food through intuitive eating. We've worked together on your relationship with movement. Um, And so I suppose the simultaneous kind of unlearning of diet culture and unpacking what that is, and also being a bride-to-be leading up to your wedding, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because leading up to your wedding, it feels like this is the apex of diet culture. This is the apex of, you know, the pressure that we have to feel so beautiful, so perfect. And yet you're doing so much work to challenge that and unpack that and listen to your body and not feel like the best version of you is the smallest version of you. 
were there obstacles on that journey what did you have moments of doubt thinking like maybe I sh- maybe I should go on a diet for my wedding everyone else around me seems like they're going on a diet should I yeah so funny enough I was again a maid of honor while I was prepping for my own wedding so I felt a lot more pre- pressure not by the bride but in general as a maid of honor for someone else's wedding I knew that my wedding would be kind of my shot I would call the shots alongside my now husband that it was going to be a day that was about us. But being a part of someone else's wedding was really difficult for me because I wanted their dreams to come true. And it made me very aware that I had some really unrealistic expectations of what other brides, or not unrealistic, but I had some strong opinions of what other brides wanted on their wedding day. And it made me realize like whatever the conventional notion of a wedding is, I don't think I want that. And if that involves dieting, if it involves matching bridesmaids clothes, I didn't have my bridesmaids all wear the same dress um, or the groomsmen, then I kind of don't want that because it wasn't bringing me peace. It wasn't bringing me joy. It was just causing me a lot of stress. So hilariously, it was not my own wedding, but it was a friend's wedding that made me realize like, I put a lot of pressure on myself to look a certain way and it's not working for me anymore. You know what, so much, and I want to do more anti-diet bride content on this because I think it's so interesting, isn't it? There's so much pressure on the bride and yet there's so much pressure on the bridal party, you know, whether it be mother of the bride, bridesmaids, maid of honor, um, you feel like, oh, I have to show up too. And, you know, I, I think especially I imagine there are other brides who ha- who are really trying to, you know, not go into a place where they're like, okay, I have to completely change my body for my wedding day. And yet the bridesmaids might all be saying like, oh, we're going on this diet. We don't want to, you know, we- we're going to be aware of, we, we don't, we want to look a certain way in our dress on your wedding day or the mother of the bride feeling like, well, I, you know, I have to do that. And you know, so far on this podcast, I think we've only really spoken about the bride experience, but there's so much to be said for the bridesmaid experience as well. Yeah, I will say by the time I got to really heavy planning for my own wedding, so we started heavy planning around July and our wedding, it was in April of this year. So we had less than a year um, because before that we did some premarital counseling. And again, I was part of someone else's wedding and I wanted to be fully present for that. But around the time that we started really heavily planning for our wedding was when I started to hear from guests too, family members saying, Mm. Hey, I have got to diet and my motivation is going to be your wedding. And by then I'd spent maybe six months already deep in intuitive eating culture and eliminating a bunch of accounts that to me perpetuated diet culture from like Instagram and social media really curating my feed and what I wanted access to, to help reinforce my intuitive eating journey. So by the time I got to my own wedding planning, I was actually having conversations with people and saying, I'm not dieting for my wedding. Please do not feel pressured to diet for my wedding either. I'm just happy you're there and I love you as you are. So it actually gave me, that journey gave me a lot of language to be able to encourage other people and my sphere to embrace and love their own bodies as well. And of course, people are like, I'm still dieting. (laughs) But, but it was nice to, to have had that kind of skill set already to say, I'm not doing this. And I'm not going to pressure you to do it either. My wedding is a come as our wedding is a come as you are wedding. Like, how comfortable did you feel having that conversation? Because I think there's 
a lot of people can feel like, well, no one else in my life is on this journey with me. And it can feel isolating and it can feel like I'm doing this all on my own. And even, and it, you know, I, I do believe like the intuitive eating journey you're on does certainly give you the language. And, but there's also a courage I think it takes to, to maybe kind of counter what people are saying, to, to maybe challenge and go, you know, you don't have to diet. And that can feel like quite radical to say in those situations. Like, were there any points where you felt nervous to say that or unsure whether to say that? There were a few points where I didn't want to feel pushy. I think when you've been on your own like transformative journey, you don't want to be pushy and having people walk that road with you if they're not ready for it. And I will say my intuitive eating journey included being a part of an intuitive eating group led by a dietitian, um, a U.S.-based dietitian who is also Latina, so a similar culture to my Brazilian culture. And that group was really helpful because we met every single week. We had um, our own calls as a group. And then she also had like a community where you could just drop questions or talk about a specific issue. So one of the issues that I brought up in that community group was when my bridesmaid's dress didn't fit, right? When I ordered my bridesmaid's dress, it was several months before I had let go of um, dieting. And so by the time I ordered my bridesmaid's dress and it came in, I was a completely different size. It fit me very differently. And I also didn't understand much about like bridal fashion and how different designers catered to different body types. Um, And so that was interesting for me too. But all that to say, I think the strength of that community was really important for me to hear other women say, this is how I'm handling similar conversations. By the time I had them, I also realized I'm sharing because I feel like it's important for me to set my boundary. If you're dieting specifically for my wedding, I'm not requiring that of you, but I'd also come to terms by then through that group that you might share and and you might get some pushback or people might just ignore you, which I feel like I got a, you know, a range of responses. Some people were like, <laughs> you're not dieting. And some people were like, oh, no, I'm still going to diet for your wedding. So I was just more accepting of that. So the group setting and I know you do group coaching too, Tally. I will say being in a group of women, whether that's a Facebook group or a literal group that meets every week that are like-minded and that are going through a similar journey was really helpful for me. That's why I think having an anti-diet bride page and building a community around that, even if it's in the comments of our posts is and through this podcast is so important because I think it's so great to hear other people navigate similar situations. And like, you know, I think a lot of people will be really inspired that you set boundaries with your family and your friends. I think you know, that is really cool to hear and really encouraging to hear, to know that that's an option. I think a lot of people don't feel like that's an option. So to know that is is great. So with that being said, obviously you're going through this unlearning of diet culture and leaving diet culture process that comes with weight gain, that comes with a changing body and dealing with that we know I think is some of the hardest work of this whole journey. And you're going through your dress buying, you're trying things on, you're doing your fittings later on. How was that process for you? Well, I knew from the get-go. So the dress buying experience, 
I think globally now, but definitely in the U.S. is like a whole thing. You know, you have shows like Say Yes to the Dress and people post reels about their magical experience finding their dress. Um, Again, I've been a, a maid of honor before, so I knew you might go to many, many stores before you find the dress that you like. But by the time that I went dress shopping, I'd actually already had started redoing my wardrobe and letting go of some of the smaller clothes that I owned. Um, and that mentality of like, I want to fit into this smaller um, size and had already kind of started reprioritizing comfort and function because I'm not, you know, a fashionista. I'm a functional dresser. I wear jeans and a t-shirt most days. I work from home. So a lot of times it's leggings and a t-shirt. And so my main goal was finding a dress that was comfortable. Um, I think the most nerve wracking part for me was that initial appointment where I invited multiple people from my my family and a few people from Chris's family to come to the appointment with me. But I went into that appointment knowing this is something that I'm doing as a special time with friends and family. Um, And my plan, honestly, was to go from there and solo shop, just me and my mom, so that I'd be more physically comfortable with trying on clothes and um, trying on dresses and different models. It just so happened that I found my dress. It was the first dress that I tried on. And it was a dress that I'd already seen online. It just so happened that it worked out that way. But I will say I was so incredibly comfortable on my wedding day. And a lot of that was because I sized up on my wedding dress, even though I wound up having to take it in anyway. But that was the advice that I'd received from that group of women that I did the intuitive eating coaching with. And then I also um, chose a model that I thought was, yes, beautiful, but genuinely supportive for my body. So I was really comfortable in my wedding dress. And I don't think I don't think a lot of women um, that I know that have gotten married can say the same thing because, you know, there's this pressure to choose really flattering wedding dresses. And I just chose the one that I felt most comfortable and beautiful. in. And I didn't really think much about whether or not it was flattering because I just liked it so much. But by then I had a completely different mindset. And this was September. So from July to September. Um, I'd had a complete mind shift uh, Mm. in terms of like body image and everything. So, um, and a lot of that was just that intentional community and also cutting out some stuff from my social media feed. Yeah, because, well, I don't know if it's the same in the US, but I know my dress trying on experience that a lot of the sample sizes do not fit you like most people and even my smaller friends have said yeah the the sample size is you know I'm a UK 8 which is I think like a US 2 or 4 and these don't fit me um and that's you know that that's what you think a sample size would be whereas I went in there being several sizes bigger than that and I kind of just said to myself these sample sizes aren't going to fit me because I'm not here. This isn't the dress I'm going to go home with. They will make the dress to fit my body. They will take my measurements. The dress, the dress will be made to fit me, not the other way around. Is that the same experience in the US? Like, are, Do they generally just have sample sizes and it's a case of like either clipping people in or um, lacing people in? I, like, I know the dress that I ended up choosing I don't think it fit me at all when I tried on um but the shop I went to they did such a great job of me I didn't really notice 
she never even kind of went there that she just had her little tricks to make it work to sit on your body how you wanted it to and then after that I just didn't even unless you were really looking for it which I intentionally told myself I was not like I'm not even gonna try and go there with oh it doesn't fit and spiral into that whole thought process um and it was I was never made to feel like that by the assist the shop assistant um is that a similar experience that you have in the US with trying on dresses and then kind of being these standard sizes that don't seem to be based on anyone. I don't know anyone, like I said, along the size spectrum who's gone and gone, yes, all the dresses fit me and I could, it was a, it was a great experience. Well, first of all, congrats on finding a dress, yay. Um, <laughs> and second, I think it is a similar experience in the sense of Again, bridal sizing is whatever the bridal sizes can be two to three sizes smaller or bigger, um, whatever the other way around is bigger than your standard size. So like if I'm a U.S. size 12, the bridal size that I would wear could be a 14, could be a 16, could be an 18, right, depending on the designer. And so I went into the shops just kind of knowing there are certain designers that cap off at certain sizes. I wound up finding my dress at a major re retailer, um, major bridal retailer here in the U.S., and they do a lot more inclusive sizing. They have specifically um, plus sizes in all of or most of their wedding dress um, styles. But most shops that I saw, you could call ahead and ask what the size range was that they had in the shop. And then if you were interested in a particular designer, you could also ask. I also experienced the, like, I call it like bridal, bridal shop magic where they pin you in the back and they have these clips. And so when you walk out, you're like, wow, this is, I mean, I know like this is gaping open in the back where there's a lot of excess fabric in the back or the train is looking funny or the straps are too long or too short, but somehow they really do make it work for you. And I want to say, I, I don't remember the timeline of when you released this episode, but the episode where you talked about um, and like sizing and that clothes bridal dresses can be altered <laughs> was, mm. I think it took a huge weight off of my shoulder because I, I did think that there was some sort of limitation prior to that. I was like, there must be a limit to what they can do to wedding dresses. And obviously the more alterations you have, the more expensive it's going to be. But it really made me realize like there's wiggle room. Yes. There, and there's wiggle room within the bridal dresses. There's usually wiggle room within bridesmaids dresses as well. Um, I think that's just something to talk about at the shop. And again, I sized up one size for my dress knowing I'm still in this journey my body could change in any direction. I would rather have a little bit more fabric to work with and pay more for alterations in order to be comfortable on the day of my wedding. And that was my case. I wound up having to take stuff in and let a few things out and it worked out really well. It was still in, on the day, it was like molded to my body. It was so comfortable and, and the alterations process, well, I, they did mess up my wedding dress at one point. But even that's a testament. They messed it up and they fixed it because there's always wiggle room within it. Um, very rarely I found was something <clears throat> so wrong that they couldn't fix it. So that was good. <laughs> they, fix they fixed my botched wedding dress. <laughs> I took a lot of comfort as well from, it was our episode with Emma from Miss Bush Bridal who said, yeah, basically 
there's no alteration they can't do. Obviously, it is often a case of you pay more money, but it can there's, there's there isn't a problem that can't be fixed. And I also have found that really reassuring. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I suppose fast forward to your wedding in April. Um, you just got married. Obviously, congrats to you and Chris. Um, I know you have said you've had the peaceful, lovely wedding that you wanted. And in a recent session we were doing together, you were just reflecting on all the things you've kind of gained from not choosing to diet through this whole process and not choosing to diet from your wedding. And I would just love to hear your thoughts about how you think maybe your wedding day could have gone differently, how that experience could have been different if you had been still in the diet mentality that you once were. Yeah, I, um, a few weeks ago, made that list of just things that I feel like I gained by choosing not to lose weight for my wedding. And one of the things that I think would have been really different day of is stress level. I feel like day of, I would have been a lot more nervous about my dress not fitting right, about me not looking a certain way. Um, I think I would have been a lot more self-critical, right? Um, I One habit that I'm still trying to break from all the years of dieting is body checking. That is a mm. really difficult habit for me to break. And um, I now have tools every time I notice myself body checking. First of all, I notice that I'm body checking, which is a huge win. Every time I notice, I now have tools to kind of rephrase the thought that I'm having, the body critical thought that I'm having. So I think day of, I would have been body checking a lot and that would have caused me just a lot more stress. I think I would have been less aware of that special moment with me and my family members, um, me and my bridesmaids, because I would have been, again, fixated on my appearance in the past, when I've had special events and I was dieting, I was really, I had this like sense of disappointment. I feel like with diet culture, you never reach your goal. You could always be smaller, fitter, more toned, more something. And I feel like I would have had that sense on the day that I didn't reach my goal. But since my goal was to have a peaceful wedding day, I feel like I was like, hey, we're here to the day. Everything's nice and calm. Things are going smoothly. I mean, it's a day that you work so hard for. I mean, you're already working so hard planning a wedding. There's so many logistics. I mean, Chris and I, sometimes we were like so tired <laughs> of planning and to get to the date and just be able to enjoy 
your day that you worked so hard to plan was such a blessing. And if I'd been dieting, I, I think I wouldn't have had that same level of, again, peace. I think I wouldn't have been as present with the people around me. I think I would have focused more on like how I looked in photos versus, wow, we're here. It's the wedding day. We're taking wedding photos. I'm going to have these photos for a lifetime. They're even looking back at our photo album and our photographer was incredible. Looking back at our photo album, we have so many photos and the few that I don't like, it's because like someone's looking so far away from the camera or blinked or I'm not looking at those photos and thinking, I don't like me and how I look. Um, and so it's nice to have photos that I can genuinely look back at and remember the day, not remember the dieting behind the day. I think that's really yeah something that I cherish. What you were saying about being present, I think that is the biggest thing, you know, feeling like you can be truly present on your day. You spend so much time and energy and money planning this one day and to feel like you could spend the whole time being distracted, thinking about what does my tummy look like right now? What do my arms look like? I can't eat all this food. Like I better watch what I have here. I don't want to bloat too much because then I'll have a certain look in my photos. And I think when you take away that noise in your brain and that chatter's no longer there, and then you actually just get to live and experience your day and be with your loved ones, that is the true payoff of all this work. You know, that is the true thing. And as you said, you put together a list and I wanted to encourage encourage listeners to do this. And I just want to hear your list of all the benefits you had of not dieting for your wedding and choosing to opt out of diet culture in general. I think, as you said, writing it down has been such a powerful exercise for you. Would you share some of those with us and maybe encourage everyone to put their own list together? Yeah, this was by far one of the most impactful exercises I've done. I'm so thankful I thought to do it because I've been making the mental list in my head of like, oh, I'm so grateful for this and this. So I'm so grateful for this and this. And I was like, I need to write this down because this has been such an important milestone for me as, as a woman, as a person in, you know, surviving <laughs> in diet culture, you know. Um, so my list, it's 10 things. Number one is time. I had so much time for actual wedding planning. I had time for counseling because I was going through some mental health stuff um, around the same time that we were planning our wedding, right at the culmination of that. I was going through some trauma and healing. I had so much time to celebrate with friends and family. Number two was awareness. I gained so much awareness of my body, how my body feels when I do certain types of movement how my body feels when I do or don't eat certain things. Um, my mind-body connection became so much stronger, which I'd always heard that, you know, dieting and excessive exercising and pushing yourself to the limit is what helps to build that mind-body connection. And I was really surprised to see that intuitive eating and intuitive movement is what really helped me to have a more um, complete mind-body connection. I also was very aware of diet culture. I was aware of every bit of messaging coming my way, and I was really appalled at a lot of that. So gaining that awareness of 
that messaging that we're getting all the time to be able to reject it was really important for me too. Number three was peace. I experienced so much more peace in my body, so much more peace of mind, because again, all that time that I'd spent dieting before, I was able to funnel into mental health supports, pre-marriage counseling with my now husband. I was able to spend doing things that I actually enjoyed. (laughs) Um, Dieting is not very enjoyable. Exercising when you don't want to is not very enjoyable. So for me, um, it was nice to be able to just have that peace and do the things that I wanted to do when I wanted to do them. I also gained a lot of confidence. So that's number four, um, confidence in my body and walking around in the world without obsessing over what I look like. Um, confidence in my new skills. I was really intentional about practicing intuitive eating skills um, and about actively rejecting diet culture. And the longer that went on, the more confident I felt that like, I'm I'm really learning something new because I think that's a fear for people stepping into intuitive eating and intuitive movement is what if I never gain the skills? What if I spend this time or this money investing in this new mindset and and I don't actually quote unquote get better or I still always want to diet? And that's something that is obviously addressed in intuitive eating and it's addressed in intuitive movement sessions with you. Um, and it was, I just felt a lot more confident using those skills. Number five is presence of mind, which I've already touched on. I was so present with my friends and my family and loved ones at every event, wedding dress shopping. I was more present. I wasn't focusing on how I did or didn't look or wanting to lose more weight or maybe I should do this next diet. I was really just focusing on the joy in that moment. Um, My bridal shower, my family cooks really well and they put together the most incredible spread for my bridal shower. And I was able to really be present and enjoy those meals and the games and everything without focusing more on my appearance. Number six for my IBS folks, better digestion. Yes. I I hate you on this one. (laughs) I was terrified that on my wedding day, I would have a flare up because when I was actively dieting, I had like stomach pains all the time. Um, And I did read uh, Chrissy Harrison's anti-diet and she addresses this in that book, you know, all the anxiety around eating and food can cause you, especially if you already have a pre-existing GI disorder to have more symptoms. So not having a stomach ache on my wedding day was like the cherry on top for me. Um, And with that is number seven, I have like reclaimed and refound a love for cooking and a love for food. I absolutely love cooking. And before cooking for me was really kind of a method to control what I was taking in so that I could be smaller. And so cooking was not very enjoyable for me before. Um, And on our wedding day, like I said, I was able to eat and love the food. My family made the cake, our wedding cake. Um, And we had traditional Brazilian food as well and American barbecue. And I just loved our wedding food so much. And I would not have experienced that like gastronomic joy on our wedding day if I was still counting calories or watching what I was eating. 
Um, I've already touched on this, but number eight is a more comfortable wardrobe. It is so nice wearing clothes that you don't mm-hmm. feel constricted in all the time. Number nine is comfort being naked. And you talked about this in a previous anti-diet bride podcast as well, um, related to intimacy, or maybe it was just a train happy podcast. But for me, it's nakedness on my own as well. Again, not body checking every time I look in the mirror coming out of the shower is just so much better for my mental health. And I feel Mm -hmm. like if I hadn't gone through this journey, all of those naked experiences that you have as a bride, and I say this because you're trying on a lot of clothes. You're trying on clothes for your bachelorette party. You're trying on clothes for your bridal shower. You're trying on clothes for your rehearsal dinner. You're trying on clothes for your wedding day. You're naked a lot as a bride and people don't talk about or how many um, like fitting dresses you're in or fitting rooms you're in as a bride and how much time you spend just trying on clothes. And I, it was nice to be able to just walk by myself in a mirror naked and not be hypercritical or objectify myself. And when I did to be more aware of it and reject that, um, that negative self-talk. And then number 10, I know this has been a long list, but number 10 is the one that really resonates with me because it's, I think what's going to have the most long-term impact in my life. And it's having a fuller picture of the people around me. I don't think, and I cried when I shared with you uh, last time about this tally, I don't think I realized just how much diet culture also damages your view of the people around you, how much it causes you to implicitly place people in a box based on their appearance and how they look. And I feel like now I have such a healthier relationship with the people around me. I see them for who they really are, as opposed to what diet culture tells me about people's body shapes and body sizes and um, their discipline levels based on their appearance. And I think that's been the long-term best thing that I've gained out of this experience is I see myself differently and I see other people differently too. And I know it sounds cheesy, but it really has been like so transformative for me to go through this process and reclaim my life. I think, uh, I think the phrase that diet culture is a thief is a really accurate phrase. And it's one that I stand by because I feel like I got my life and my relationships back through this process. And it's been really nice to, to break free. I love that you shared all of these things and especially the last one, as you say, I think diet culture, is the lens with which we view the world. And that means we judge people based on what they're eating and we're looking at other people's bodies all the time. And we're making these, you know, like you say, you're creating these stories about people without even knowing them, without even giving them the opportunity to tell you because they're in a bigger body or they're in a smaller body or, you know, they're not as able-bodied. And we just come up with all these stories. And like you say, diet culture really challenges or should I say leaving diet culture really challenges you to just examine all your biases, you know, so many biases that we hold. And I just love that that has brought you closer to your loved ones and helped you see 
in the same way that I, you know, when we've done body image work, I'm and something I always talk about on the podcast is that you are a person first. And yet diet culture makes us think that pe- that not only you, but the people around you are bodies first and people second. And actually you are a person first. So is your partner. So are your parents. So are your loved, you know, your best friends. They are people first. And that if we saw people more for who they are rather than what we look like, we would have much more genuine connections with them because we would see past all of that diet culture bullshit essentially and I love that you just articulated that so beautifully so when we had this conversation in a session for everyone listening I I was thinking oh, I, I just I need other people to put these lists together like I need to do this and I think it would be so great for people to hear yours but yeah maybe you can just inspire people to to put their list together maybe was there any sort of tips on how you put it together or was it just to simply put pen to paper and really start thinking of all the things you've gained over the, you know, over this period? Yeah, for me, it was just putting pen to paper. It was literally just bullets or words. If you can't come up with a phrase, just put down words of how you feel now that you've stepped out of diet culture or now that you're stepping out of diet culture So if you can't come up with sentences or bullet points, because that just feels like too much, just put down the words of how you're feeling and what you're thankful for. And Julia, do you have any last words of advice or reassurance for other brides-to-be who are opting out of diet culture um, as they navigate all that that entails? Well, my only piece of advice is it does go by a lot faster than you think. Um, so whatever you can do to have time with just you and your partner, um, along the road, the journey, do it right. Set aside a date night or my counselor recommended this, even if it's just two hours a week where you just have conversation and spend time together without talking about the wedding. Mm. (laughs) And initially that was really hard, but make it have a wedding free time where you can just reconnect with your partner. And then in terms of the diet you know, recovering from diet culture, as I call it, I would just recommend clean out your social media feed, follow um, brands that do plus size or diverse uh, clothing for brides. I think that was really helpful for me to see these incredible knockout gorgeous brides in different body shapes and sizes um, and with different ability levels, right? Some were disabled, some were all looking amazing in wedding dresses. I think curating your feed is really important if you're serious about continuing down the road of intuitive eating and intuitive movement. Um, otherwise, a lot of the, a lot of the advertisements for weddings are really kind of um, steeped in in diet culture. And the the further along you get in your wedding planning, the more you're like, wow, if there's a lot of ads. Um, oh, and create a separate email for all of your wedding planning. You're going to get so much, so many ads. Do that. Do that too. So time with your partner, wedding free, curate your feed to have peace of mind and get some diversity in it um, and create a separate email for your wedding planning. <laughs> It'll save you so much time after you're done. <laughs> I have not done the email thing, so I think that's a fantastic idea. So I'm going to suggest that going forward, that we, yeah, keep it all there because then it's all in one place and it doesn't get lost in all your inboxes and, yeah, 
great advice. Julia, this has been such a lovely conversation. Thank you so much for chatting to us and being really kind of being our anti-diet bride. I feel like you've just done it and you've got on the other side and your wedding sounded incredible and, you know, all that inner work has been worth it. And so I'm just really happy for you. Thank you for having me, Tally. And thanks for all of your support and resources that helped me get to this point. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.